You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. I am joined tonight by Chris. Hello. And we are once again joined by the always fabulous Witch Way Up, Lauren. So it's nice to have you back. It's so good to have you back. We love we love to chat with you. And I I love chatting with you guys. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, we we usually have some fun, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. We have we have an interesting topic tonight, I think, um, and it's one that you actually suggest or suggested. You know, we we talk to all the people that listen to the the, the pod about, um, you know, just ideas, topics, questions, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and you 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 know you kind of suggested this one, and I think that it's um, absolutely it's it's I think it's a good one. We need to be talking about this more. Um, and I guess with all of that being said, tonight we're going to be discussing how to find, or I guess how to connect with um, trustworthy and ethical and reliable teachers and mentors, specifically within alternative kinds of spiritual communities, right? Yes, all right. absolutely. So I, with that being said, I, I wanted to um, kind of get your take since you kind of suggested this topic. When we when we talk about this thing, particularly when we address this topic with, uh, say, like newer practitioners, you know, baby witches, you know, whatever whatever they may call themselves, um, what what are some of the things that you've noticed in those conversations? Because I know you you do a lot to like share information and educate, you know, within the pagan, within the alternative spiritual community. Um, what are some conversations that you've had, or, or I guess maybe what would you recommend when you talk to people or have had this conversation before? What are the things you always tell people? Like, hey, look for these things or do these things. Yeah, so I think the the world of witchcraft has shifted a lot as far as how we get our information. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, we see this shift more towards like social media and more independent learning through, you know, tangible paper or internet sources instead of you know going to metaphysical shops as much as it used to happen or meeting people um most people at this point especially if they're new to new to the practice are learning through social media through youtube through books um, and not necessarily with somebody guiding them on where to go what to read so they typically will rely on anybody that they deem is either important or trustworthy even if it might be a misguided trust mm-hmm. um so i mean i hear all the time you know look at this youtube video listen to this person that person this person without necessarily saying why you should listen to them um so i think if people need to understand the the way that mentorship and and learning witchcraft really can be a mix of multiple things and not just YouTube and not just a book. Yeah, yeah I like that. I, I would agree. I've, I've noticed this weird dynamic and I'm sure you've seen this as well, um, particularly as you as you talk about, you know, like, like, you know, these, you know, social media resources and internet sources for information. You know, I've noticed on social media platforms that there are a lot of people who step up to teach or to share information or relate experiences and then um, there's inevitably that moment where someone's like, well, you know, where did you learn, you know, or can you tell me more about this? And I've noticed a lot of the times that we end up hearing the phrase, just Google it. 
and and I, and I wonder sometimes because you know and I absolutely and that's a tricky one for me because I, I've had those moments where you know someone is pronounced Jujal. Jujal is it Jujal? <laughs> so, someone has you know contacted me directly and they'd be like well can you give me more information on this and in that moment I've been unable really to share or to give them more information you know um and I'm, I'm proud to say I've never told someone just to google it but uh, but that is a tricky thing right we have to I think there's a there's a delicate balance there between you know, making sure that we can provide people who are asking these questions that we can provide reliable resources, but also not necessarily having to, you know, constantly hold their hand and walk them through every step. Um, so I just think it's kind of funny because I've noticed that that kind of that kind of dynamic popping up a little bit, particularly in the in the reference of information. Well, um, we also have a right. different perspective because we work in a metaphysical witch shop, and we do yeah. have people come to us and say. How did you learn? Help me. I where do I start? And that's kind of interesting because it's like there's a big responsibility there. And uh, I'm not going to say it makes me scared, but I take it seriously and it's like, oh, I don't want to misdirect these people. I want to give them good information. So lots of times I'll try to impart my own personal experiences and then maybe try to direct them towards specific books that I think would be good for them to get a foundation so like that or even go have them talk to someone else that I think might be a better fit for them based on my own intuitive ability to say, you know, you might want to go talk to this person because I think you guys would get along and your and your energies would work better together or whatever. Okay. All right. Okay. So all right. So Laura. Yeah, and you Laura, see a lot of yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you see a lot of people, especially on social media, trying to talk about everything about witchcraft, even if it's not their expertise. Mm -hmm. Um and it's important to be able to say, I'm not the best person to talk to. Here's another person or another source. I know a lot of people are not prepared to do that. They're, they they don't want to take like what might be like an ego hit of mm -hmm. not knowing. Yeah. So instead of honestly saying, I don't know, you know, astrology, not my thing. I'm not going to teach about it. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree with you. And I feel like I would respect someone more when they can say, you know what? I don't really know a lot about that. I know a little bit to get myself in trouble. Here, go talk to this person or reference this book, but I'm not the one, I'm not the source. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's important in, along the lines of what you were saying a moment ago, Chris, I, I think when we have moments of interaction with people where we're relating information, you talked about how you, know, you engage with people um, that come into the shop here sometimes who ask these questions right you know and in the process of maybe trying to give them a little bit of information or a nudge in the right direction you make it very clear that this is my personal experience yes yes you know like this has been my personal experience you know i'm not um i'm not sharing this information necessarily in the capacity of being a teacher no absolutely. and i'm not saying that this is necessarily the only or the right way well like, lots of times been... i'll even say this is just one way you can do it okay. and it's a way that i found that works right. for me okay. okay and that's my favorite saying this works for me because mm -hmm. then you're saying hey i'm not saying this is going to be a blanket everyone's going to love it it's going to work perfectly it's like this is just one option yeah yeah so, so Along the lines of, you know, again, finding, I think, uh, you know, particularly people within our community who are, are truly, you know, I, I want to say who are truly what they claim to be, you know, and they're mm -hmm. in a position really to share information, you know, um, you know, of whatever tradition, whatever title they may hold, um, you know, 
what are some tips that you would have for our listeners on ways to properly vet these people? Sure. Um, I think like if you have a community that you can go, especially like a metaphysical shop, great idea. Um, if you can talk to the people that run it, um, if they offer classes, talk to the instructors and say like, what, where can I learn more? Actually go to the people teaching in your area. If you're not as fortunate as some of us are to have that place, um, I really enjoy looking at sites like maybe the Patheos Pagan blog to get an idea of what is more community-based, like people that have been vetted by other uh, like authors and, and witches in the community. Um, but I, I, asking what, what's their experience? What have you taught? What have you, what have you done um, within the community? Not just in your own personal practice. Because if you're looking for a teacher or if you're looking for a mentor, it's not just going to be a witch. It's not yeah. just going to be a practitioner. It needs to be somebody that's able to teach and mentor somebody. Mm -hmm. um, you might be a fabulous witch, but you might not be a really good teacher or mentor. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, necessary actually, to have both. Uh, and that, that's that's actually, I think that's fair to say because there are a lot of people out there that I think that, um, you know, they gain, and I'm not even just talking within our, you know, our arena within paganism and witchcraft, you know, but but I think there are a lot of people that, um, you know, they, they put a lot of work into studying and learning and developing the, you know, the knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, and then they dive into positions of teaching and then realize too late, oh, I don't really have the personality for this, <laughs> you know, like, like the knowledge mm -hmm. is all there, but I'm not good with people and I don't present or speak very well. And I, you know, yeah, so I've noticed that too. Like it, it takes more than just the knowledge of whatever you're teaching to really, I think, be an effective mentor or teacher. Yeah, um, there's, there's some kind of skill that goes along with that because you can have someone who knows tons of information on a, a subject. And those like, I've gone to classes where like we have a couple people that you know, and you're all excited for the class. And then you're like, oh, they didn't present that at all well for me. I couldn't get it. I couldn't <laughs> grasp it. I couldn't digest. It was all over the place. I'm lost. Mm. I'm worse than I was before I went into the class. Yeah. So that that right there for me is a, is a this is not someone I need to go to because they're not going to help me actually get the topic. Mm -hmm. True. Right. And it takes a lot of nuance with being able to talk to your audience. I mean, I've been teaching mm -hmm. in some capacity for almost 10 years. So, and I've taught adults, I've taught people with disabilities. I've taught a variety of groups of people and each group is different. Each class is different. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't just assume everybody that comes into your witchcraft class is going to be, you know, a teenager that just opened a one single book in their life. Right. Um, you have to be able to address touchy conversations with them, mm -hmm. um, like ethics. Yeah. <laughs> have an ethics conversation when you have people vastly different viewpoints on who you can cast on. That's always interesting. Yeah. Um, and you can't just, you know, say, well, that's what I'm teaching. Wah, wah, wah. You have to, you have to handle that and uh, handle it appropriately or else you're not going to be respected as a, as an instructor or a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. What, okay. So what would, um, this is, this has been kind of another 
uh, I won't say this is a difficult topic is because I think people, just on a common sense level, most people, they seem to get this, but I know that this also proves to be troublesome for a lot of people, particularly when, again, they, they lack the ability to locate even just one teacher or mentor but you know but one of the things that we we talk to people about a lot is actually um don't be afraid or um like you don't need to get all of your information from one source you know like it's okay mm-hmm. to learn from multiple teachers it's okay to learn from multiple sources and in fact it can be better for you as you're learning to do that because somewhere between those multiple sources is um really probably going to be the information that you want, right? So so what's your, what's your take on that? Because I know a lot of people, they get, um, you know, they, like they, they get stuck on that. They're like, you know, like this is, this is, this is my guru. This is my person that gives me what I need, right? You know, and they have a hard time moving away from that. So what do you feel about that? I think it's very easy for people entering an alternative form of spirituality to latch onto one single person. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, that's also tends to be pretty dangerous for people because then if that hap- one person you latch onto happens to be with uh, bad intentions or manipulative, mm-hmm. then you, that's how we get cult problems, right? That's how we get yeah. a lot of these, these like abuse problems and cult problems in our community. Um, did I say a cult or cult? I don't remember. Cult is what I'm talking about, not yeah, a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but both could be both could be we have true, these though. issues yeah. true <laughs> fair cults within the occult i suppose right <laughs> um but we have this this I, I think it might be a little bit of fear of people feeling like they're betraying whoever they're mm-hmm. they went to first which doesn't doesn't you don't have to be afraid of that you don't have to be afraid that you're going to offend somebody by seeking out even more information from other people. If they're offended, that would be a red flag to me. Um, I'm so glad you say that because I, I, and I want to actually have a little bit more of a discussion in a few moments on the red flags, because you're absolutely right. And I, I, I would just to second what you just said, I think anytime you're dealing with someone in a teacher mentor capacity and they get upset with you because you make it clear that you're going to maybe double check their info or that you are going to maybe take on lessons or or take in information from another source and they get upset with you i absolutely agree with you that is a huge sign that that's probably not a teacher you should be working with yeah so well the other coin yeah. to that too is just misguided loyalty because maybe the instructor or the teacher or the mentor doesn't have an expectation that you have to be loyal to them but they, as a student, thinks, oh, I've got to do this because that's the right thing to do. And if I don't, then I won't be able to continue to learn. Okay. And it's all coming from the self. So, yeah, that's true. Right. Well, and that's that's a good, maybe like a good segue to another piece of this. Because one of the other things that I wanted to kind of get your, your voice on, Lauren, is... Um, we talk so much about this particular, uh, you know, like the, this this topic, this subject, you know, um, and one of the things I think that, that maybe isn't discussed enough is the understanding of, of where healthy boundaries lie between, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just talking like from teacher mentor to student, I'm talking like student to mentor teacher, because I've seen a lot um, in, in different facets of the, the pagan community, the alternative spiritual community, I've seen a lot where, um, 
some someone will get connected with a teacher or a mentor in some capacity and then it's almost like like it's not enough that i'm a student and i'm learning from you like we also now have to be best friends mm. um and i've noticed almost yeah. like Ooh. this blurring of of lines <laughs> there and to me that that's that's a huge ethical dilemma or issue for the teacher in that situation specifically um, so what's your, what's your take on that right. as a teacher? Like, like, I'm sure you've had moments where you've had someone maybe try to, um, I would say maybe get closer to you than would be appropriate. Right. And the boundaries are incredibly important. And I, I, I tend to be pretty blunt with people with mm -hmm. what I expect of an, an interaction or, or a relationship. Um, but I know not everybody's going to be blunt as I am. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I think a mentor should. <laughs> I think a mentor should be invested in their students, but not to the point where they're texting them and calling them every five minutes. Like, you know, it it shouldn't be a micromanaging situation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I think if there becomes more of a like, if it that the relationship becomes more intimate, it needs to maybe not be so much of a mentor and mentee thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe that at that point, if you're bridging that gap it needs to part ways as far as the teaching aspect yeah um but you know if you're if you're teaching somebody i if i if i teach a class um and i have however many students in that class i don't expect them to time i teach one um it'd be nice if they did sure um but if i'm just teaching an independent class have a great day you can email me with questions feel free to reach out but i'm not that's a short-term situation um whereas taking on a mentee is a lot more i think in depth uh, yeah. while still maintaining that like it's a professional boundary right yeah like how you would with a teacher in school you're not gonna go be best friends with your high school geometry teacher yeah don't be best friends with your mentor yeah i like that um, yeah well i mean i mean i mean and that but i think again it's important to, for people to realize that 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 shouldn't really be the nature of a relationship like that you know it, it would be i think you know in in you know obviously you know very different example but um you know how many people make efforts to cultivate you know what would be considered a true friendship with say like their doctor you know, like you're, you're dealing with someone right. in a professional capacity, you know, yes, this is someone who probably does genuinely care for your well, their, your well being, and they want to do what they can to help you with whatever you're in their office for. But as you said, they're, they're not really going to be, I would hope, I would hope they would mm -hmm. not be, you know, move crossing a line there, you know, moving into what would be considered more of your personal life. Right? Yeah. So that right that in that is going to kind of introduce me to um kind of like a, a darker kind of an aspect of something like that when we talk about boundaries and i know that this was kind of something that we discussed briefly and one of the reasons that you really wanted to talk about this um is that that mm -hmm. issue around boundary and i think where we find uh particularly again coming from the perspective of students or mentees um an unawareness or an uncertainty, I guess, of maybe what to expect in the kind of relationship they would have with a mentor or a teacher. I, I think that we often see situations where, um, you know, some pretty serious lines are crossed. You know, we we hear things in the community about people who are teachers, elders, uh, elders, mentors, whoever, who um, 
you know, are, are discovered to have been, you know, like sexually inappropriate with their students, you know, or they've, you know, because, and I, you know, and, and obviously that has more to do with, I think, you know, some sort of defect with that particular person, right? That, that teacher or mentor, obviously they have a problem. Um, but I wonder sometimes if, um, some of that is, is again, has a bit to do with just the unawareness of the student or the mentee in that situation, particularly when it comes to craft right. and certain, certain traditions within witchcraft specifically, you know, we've got, and, and for you who are listening, please forgive me, I am not trying to dump on anybody's tradition, but we have traditions like um, certain aspects of the Wiccan community you know, or uh, say like like fairy, fairy Wicca in particular, where there there's kind of an emphasis a lot of the time on um, the sexual component mm -hmm. of ritual, you know, things like that. And I find it's very easy for unscrupulous and unethical teachers, uh, mentors, elders to take advantage. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, so what what's your take on that? I mean, in conversations that you've had or, or you know, even, you know, within your own so... experience. I think one of the big fears I've heard and some of the horror stories that I've heard is people that are vulnerable, go and seek out a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then they get trapped into, I only can talk to this person about my craft. I can only ask them questions. Um, or maybe that's the only person they trust. And then it turns into a, well, okay, now you need to do this for me. The mentor says you need to give me this or tell me this mm -hmm. um and then it starts adding the if not well now i know your birth chart now i can hex you now i'll curse you if you don't do that yeah so for people who have only learned your magic from that one person who is now threatening them with baneful magic um that can be a lot of fear or get, you mm -hmm. can get a lot of fear from that i've heard yeah. there's crazy stuff that goes on with stuff um and that's happened online, that's happened in person to people. Um, and if you're in a place where you don't know anybody else that's a practitioner, mm -hmm. then you're even more cornered. Yeah. Um, so, and then as far as the like, as far as like sex rituals and magic and all that kind of stuff, I it goes back to, I mean, any kind of, you can take the ritual out of it. People need to be able to give clear consent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you are joining a ritual or joining something where they say, hey, we're going to be skyclad for this. If they say you have to, and you are uncomfortable, do not participate. Mm -hmm. yep. Just yeah. you say no. You need to be willing to say no. And then if they're making those kind of statements where you have to do this to join us maybe that's not the group for you to be with yeah see that's um, an excellent point because my whole belief is that is you have to have have enough self-respect and lack of fear to be able to say this doesn't feel right for me i'm not going to do it and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with doing that as as, yeah. as, a, as a, someone seeking knowledge right. if the the terms or the requirements to learn that specific piece of information or like, attend that ritual is something you're not comfortable with or your intuition says, no, I shouldn't do this. Listen to it. Don't do it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've engaged in a couple of rituals with people that um, I don't normally practice with. And each time, um, whether it be we're setting up a communal altar or something, we say, is there anything that 
you would feel offended by if somebody brought? Um, what are your expectations from this? This is what we're be proactive to make sure the comfort of everybody participating is there. Um, because I, I mean, I've, it, you have a variety of people who, especially if it's a bunch of solitary practitioners getting together, everybody's oh, yeah. all kind of over the place. Yeah, um, very true. Yeah. So it's helpful to be preemptive about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, um, I know that, I know that for people listening to the podcast, I, well, I, well, well, I guess I don't know this. I would hope, I would hope that the example of, you know, someone that, you know, claims to be a teacher or mentor being, you know, inappropriate to the level of sexual assault or something along those lines, I would hope that that would be something that you would be like, oh, that doesn't happen. Because to me, that would tell me that you probably have never had to deal with anything like that. And that's a good thing. Um, but it, that does happen. That does happen. And, you know, and it's a tricky thing. And again, one of the, I think, most important reasons that we need to be so careful with who we're working with, particularly in that capacity. And, you know, and it is unfortunate because, you know, though we're talking specifically about the alternative spiritual community right now, we we know, we know that that's, that's something that that dynamic is something that can happen in pretty much any teacher student kind of situation. You know, we even see that within uh, right. organized religion, you know, I mean, the Catholic church in, in, you know, the last 10, 15 years has come under so much fire for the, the way that its clergy has behaved toward, you know, children. And, you know, I mean, so we know that those issues of, uh, you know, the disrespect and lack of boundary and, you know, just predatory kinds of behavior, we know that those things are things that do come up with, again, particular people that do find themselves involved in our community. It's, it's unfortunate, but, um, but it's there. So please be careful. Um, so let's talk a little bit because we've mentioned a couple so far. The, let's talk about red flags, okay? Uh, because I think these are really, these are, these are the things that people I think can remember or, you know, things that they can use to kind of like maybe hopefully avoid a tricky or difficult situation. So we talked so much earlier about, um, you know, like absolutes, like, you know, people that are telling you like, like you can only work with me you, you can't learn from anyone else. You know, once you, you made this commitment, you, you can't possibly get information from anywhere else or maybe question my authority as a mentor or a teacher. I think that's another big one, like being able to actually say, you know, can you explain to me again what your history or what your, what your pedigree is to be able to share this? I think those are important ones. And Lauren, you mentioned yeah. over here just a moment ago, you were talking about how it's so important at the beginning to have a like a clear conversation or to have a really clear idea of like of expectation like this is what this is you know this is what this will be um so so right. what other you know just what other red flags would you say or what other what other signs i think can we all be more aware of when it comes to like oh wow this is probably somebody i don't want to work with I think um, looking at an instructor's bio <laughs> or a teacher's biography is going to be your first clue if it's somebody you should listen to. Mm -hmm. If they have a laundry list of practices that they've been in and they've only been, say they've only been practicing for like six years or something, but they're like initiated in all these fancy different traditions and yeah. la, 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 la. Um, if, if their biography is longer than, you know, it some I've seen some crazy biographies um <laughs> yeah. that would tell me that they're, they either went and like initiate initiation shopped for people and just like started hey can you initiate me hey can you initiate me can you initiate me um 
just to sound more important. Mm -hmm. um, or they're just straight out lying about their practice. Maybe they read a hoodoo book or maybe they read a, an ATR book once and now they're like, yeah, I can teach this. Yeah. Um, so if their bio is extraordinary and you're like, wow, uh, it's probably bull crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would rather take one class on say mm, cleansing, maybe, I don't know, pick a, pick a witchy topic from somebody who has been in a singular practice for, you know, a bunch of years that is an expert in that practice than somebody who has a laundry list, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It tells me they have uh, actually practiced something for a long time. Um, they should, you know, hopefully you have references if you're teaching a class, mm -hmm. whether you, even if it's just you did some work or readings for people or something give me something where you've interacted with another person in a spiritual magical way um minimum if you were going to teach something yeah um but i think that's a really big red flag is, is you know if they if they sound so much more fantastical than <laughs> you know, they really should for their biography yeah um what else i know i've seen listen to the language of the teachers um that they're using <laughs> okay yeah so i i've had interactions with people that you know they've claimed they wanted to gather their disciples and like they started having some like messiah complexes but they were it was weird it was so weird um that that's a huge red flag if somebody is using like that specific kind of terminology disciples followers um you know flock whatever you yeah. like eh, it, that that tells me they have a large ego or maybe some to be teaching somebody or going to an instructor or teacher you should be teaching because you want to share that information um not because you want a herd of baby witches trying to follow you around and treat you like an idol yeah you know yeah yeah, we yeah we talk about that a lot here. We talk a lot, uh, particularly when we have questions around, um, you know, people who have, I, I want to say, just kind of appointed themselves elders within the community. You know, we we have a lot of conversations with uh, newer practitioners who maybe are are asking specifically about a particular teacher. You know, um, you know, we 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 have the like you 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 do you don't want to look for a guru. Finding a guru is never mm -hmm. going to be. A good yeah. way forward for you spiritually that's probably just not a good idea well, along, um along this topic though, right you have to look at the whole witch talk and the social things where people are posting witchy posts or trying to teach someone a witchy topic but they're just looking for the followers they're looking for that mm -hmm. ego stroke right. i guess and yeah don't don't fall into that trap i guess yeah. well and i think that that takes us back to what lauren was saying at the beginning where you know we're so much of this information sharing and teaching now has it's moved to the internet it's moved to social media because that's more right. and more that's how we're connecting um you know particularly for people who are you know they're in the middle of nowhere and they don't really have another option yeah right well, you know prior to the internet mm -hmm. uh prior to the internet you you were either, you know, growing up in a tradition, right? If you, you had your family did it, you, you were actively involved with it from an early age. 
or maybe if you're lucky you ran into somebody that had an interesting book and you're like hey what's that mm-hmm. um and yeah. you met somebody in person right you before before the internet and before you know occult books were easily accessible at like a borders or a barnes noble it was by chance if you were not growing up in witchcraft or in any kind of occult tradition that's true um and then not to mention, you know, if you were looking at ceremonial magic and if you're not some stuffy old white guy, yeah. you know, <laughs> that has a fancy fly, um, good luck getting into anything. Yeah. But now that the, the internet has happened, you have, you know, what Reddit pages, blog pages, you have so much access to information. Um, and with it's just it's hard to you know there's no syllabus for witchcraft 101 where you can just say hey start here start looking at this start looking at that this is a good teacher this is a good teacher everybody's jumping on the bandwagon yeah um yeah yeah true well that, that just brings hopped up into whole... witchcraft during the pandemic <laughs> that just brings up my whole issue of i really think that whole intuitive listening to your gut and actually saying how do i feel about this person how does this person make me feel or think that's a huge piece of this because then you're like nope nope this person like i don't feel right move on go to the next person yeah i don't know well i, I mean i'm a big proponent for listening mm-hmm. to your to your intuition but I, I also know that intuition and common sense are not necessarily the same thing true and that it's a good idea along the lines of maybe paying attention to any kind of intuitive inkling that you get to, to, again, to do a bit of research, you know, as, as Lauren was mentioning a few moments mm-hmm. ago, like, you know, like, you know, don't be afraid to, to check out this teacher's, you know, bio. Don't be afraid to check out, you know, if they're claiming to have a particular connection to something or initiation and in something, ask them for proof. And if, and if Absolutely. they, and if they get upset with mm-hmm. you for that, then again, that's, that's another that's huge red, red flag. flag. Like yeah. they, they shouldn't be teaching this. They obviously, they can't prove that they have the right to teach this. They shouldn't be teaching it. Um, Especially if they're teaching something along the lines of like anything ingestible. Um, yes. You know, I hear people trying to teach about wildcrafting and herbalism and picking all these different things mm-hmm. and you're going out and you're teaching, you're, you're touching poisonous plants with your bare hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, be careful right like if, if somebody can't prove that they've trained medically and they're teaching some kind of ingestible magic yeah ew. um if you yeah. haven't had a fire safety course and you're teaching a candle magic class please please don't <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I, go ahead it's it's funny that you mentioned um the poison or the toxic things. Cause I, I had an interaction with someone just today, actually they contacted the shop um, looking for aconite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could tell it was very quickly into the conversation, uh, you know, that they, they didn't know what this was. You know, they were told that they should find this. They were told that they needed it for some sort of working that they were wanting to do. And, but they didn't know, they didn't, they didn't even know what it was. Um, you know, and so, so of course, questions, right? Questions like, okay, one, you know, who told you to go looking for this very toxic, you know, herb, this very toxic plant, you know, and, you know, two, what kind of working are you trying to do that would involve something like this? You know, I mean, I just, I seriously, like I was on the phone with this person for probably a good 10 minutes and, um, you know, and, 
you know, I'm like, I, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm not selling you Aconite. I'm so sorry, you know, <laughs> you know, um, anyway, but, uh, you know, so it's funny that you mentioned that because that, um, you know, that to me is also, I like a little bit of a red flag, you know, when you're dealing with um, a teacher or a mentor and they're telling you like, oh, well, you need this, you know, or you need to do this, you know, and you need this, this component or this ingredient and, you know, and then you come back with, well, can you tell me why, or can you tell me effectively how to really like how to, how to work with this, how to handle this? And they've got no further information. Again, another huge red flag for me. It's like, this is somebody who should not be sharing information on this particular thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. So Chris, do you have any? Well, and I've seen like people, I've seen people trying to like talk about, you know, how to, how to dress a candle, right? Mm -hmm. And they yeah. will say, you know, you need to douse your candle in all of this oil. <laughs> yeah. And then, you need to... <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I've, you're going to, somebody had to burn down their house is what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and just just basic safety is is lacking and especially in social media where people try to try to teach but you know I, I in even in my like planned notes for a candle magic class I have a good page and a half of just fire safety mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's at the top right that's what we're doing first we're talking about where to get a fire extinguisher what to do if your candle starts going crazy mm -hmm. and yes your house is more important you are more important than your spell sorry yeah <laughs> i love it yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and, and, and again and that right there to me that that's that's the distinction between an ethical teacher someone who should be teaching as opposed to someone who just wants to fire off some cool sounding information and then walk away with no accountability, which is is really kind of what I get from a lot of people, particularly uh, people who are, you know, posting information on social media platforms yes. on the internet, they're like, do this thing, you know, and then they, you know, like, and then they're gone, you know, mm -hmm. and, and people get hurt, people die, and there's, there's no accountability, you know, um, and so I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's something that's always been a bit frustrating for me. So that brings up a concept that I have in my head. Maybe it's an expectation. Okay. And I, I think it's fair for someone who's looking for information to have this expectation. A mentor should be someone who knows their student. Mm -hmm. Knows them enough to be able to say, this person's going to need me to actually walk them through this so that they know not to burn their house down, not to burn their hands, not to, you know, you should, I would have an expectation that a mentor is going to know where I'm at mm -hmm. to know what I need to be told to do something safely or to really truly learn it. And I don't know if that's a fair expectation, but it's one that I have. And I, I don't think it's wrong for someone who's out looking for information to have that expectation of someone that they're going to learn from. It's like they need to feel comfortable that this person knows enough about me to teach me properly. Yeah, I and I I particularly tend to be a fast learner. So when somebody is breaking something down to a T where I'm like, let's go, let's move it on. I, I understand this. Yeah. I'll I'll say, hey, I kind of I, I got this. Um, can we maybe jump a little bit further ahead? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, not everybody is there. Every so, There are people who need to know, okay, yes, you want to, if you're trying to bring something in, you want to pull down when you're dressing or doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and explain why. Some people are going to kind of get it, but not everybody will. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a fine line between 
too, I think. We have to be careful not to just give a laundry list of step one, step two, step three, step four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And instead say, okay, let's, why do you think, why might we do it this way? Or why might the ritual work in this, this, yeah. this mode or this spells, you know, because if you're, then you're actually learning it. If you're actually having an open conversation about how something works or why we do things, then you're learning what's happening. You're not just saying, okay, I need to, you know, do the YMCA and then we've got it down. Yeah. It's... I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it goes along with um, the mentor knowing their student. Well, it, well, it does. Yeah. At least, but I, but at least I think... interacting and learning yeah. about their students. So say, this is how much they need. Well, but again, I think that that just just goes back to I think, and that that really, to be honest, I don't think has anything to do with spiritual practice. That that to me just it's, goes yes, back to, learning. you know, like some people are just they're just they're better teachers. You know, they're just they're going to be better mentors because they're going to have the ability to kind of meet people where they are. Well, see, and that's and a perfect be, that's a perfect thing that you just said. If you meet a mentor and they don't fit or they don't they don't fit with you in the sense that you're not getting the information you need or the explanation you need for you to feel comfortable to move on. That's the red flag to say, I need to look for someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to do that too. People I think feel so committed when they get into a mentorship. I, there was a person I found that was doing um, a particular tradition mentorship and it was a paid for mentorship which I have thoughts on, but you know, it, it, I want, I was interested. So mm-hmm. I tried it out. Uh, and when I got to it, I, I realized that this is just not the quality nor the level that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, not, not for me, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't need somebody to regurgitate easily researchable questions to me or just recommend books if Mm -hmm. i'm going into a mentorship i'm expecting to learn something that is not in a book yeah um because yeah no absolutely i like to call them hacks or secrets like hey here's something that not everyone knows how to do blah and Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh you just rocked my world that's i've never even considered that so yeah i totally get that so you you Mm -hmm. made a comment about the paying for your mentorship or there being at cost. Talk about that some more. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would love I to have hear about that. I would, yeah, I would no. love to hear that because that's that's another issue that comes up. I think a lot in these situations. Yeah, I think at this point, I I've mixed opinions on how knowledge should be spread. I mean, I am I teach professionally. I get paid to do my job, mm-hmm. um, so obviously I, I benefit directly when when I teach classes. I have, I think, I think that's where I get into a um, kind of moral dilemma. <laughs> gotcha. Depending on who is mentor, right? So I, I've had mentors where they weren't even witches, right? I, hell, I had a, a Benedictine nun teach me about nature and the environment and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's what connected me to nature first. Okay. Um, I didn't pay for that mentorship. That was through, you know, a community engagement, a volunteer project. Mm-hmm. Um, now when it comes to a limited populace, populated like craft or, or, or path, um, 
it's going to be hard to find somebody to teach you, right? It's going to be hard. I'm not going to have my next door neighbor who's I've, I've known my whole life say, hey, yeah, you want to learn about, about this type of magic um, that you maybe have one book on written mm-hmm. ever? Yeah. So if there is that one person and that is what they have, have set their set their business around or their work towards, I'm willing to pay for it, but it needs to be still something worth paying for, not just, yeah. oh, I'm going to teach you this. Class, and then all they do is say, go read this book. Yeah. All right. So I have a question. That's, that's not directly yeah, related. I to agree. This. I agree. Yeah. I always feel that there should be some kind of exchange. An energetic yes. exchange, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think you, there are times where you should pay for something. But I, I really think it has to be mm-hmm. like that mutual agreement between both parties mm-hmm. saying, yes, I'm okay paying this amount for this. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there yeah. is that exchange where your money is energy. I'm sorry, that's how, how I see mm-hmm. it. Money yeah. is a form yeah. of energy. Yeah. It's just how do yeah. you quantify well, and, what is an acceptable amount? Right. Yeah. Well, I well mean, and what this would have been back, you know, for a while ago, it, you would have been apprentice. You know, you would have been yes. an apprentice under a, a master of something mm-hmm. and you would have been working for them. So as, so as you, you know, do the, the dirty job, as you muck out the stables or something, then yeah. they're going to teach you how to do yeah. this craft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now I can't do too much for somebody digitally over the internet, uh, at least legally. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you know, I've, I've had conversations with people that were like, hey, I offer this service. I know you know a lot about this. Why don't we trade? Mm-hmm. Perfect. I spent yeah. an hour teaching them something and then they did a reading for me and I was like, yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, I like so it. I do think people need to be compensated. It doesn't always have to be monetarily though. Oh, true. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, that's something true. to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, the, the, that takes us back to, I mean, those those are the points. Those are the things that need to be, I think, you know, kind of settled, discussed kind of closer to the beginning of that experience, you know, and then you need to be, I think, as say the student or the mentee in that situation, you need to be, I think, um, you know, kind of careful in, in, in a situation or if there's a moment that arises where that teacher then starts to kind of change, you know, the deal, right? Like, like the agreement was this, and now, you know, in order to continue your lessons, whatever, now they want like, you know, an extra whatever from you. You know, again, those are moments where I'm like, okay, well, that, that wasn't the deal. That that to me is kind of like, okay, like this, this is a teacher that probably is not not being very fair or ethical with you. Yeah, so yeah, so another- let, let me throw a wrench in that. What if okay. it's normally, yeah, this is what we agree to, but then they say, hey, but there's this new thing that you can learn. It's gonna cost this one one time additional thing to do it do you want to do it? I think that's okay. Cause they're letting you have a choice. They're not coming out and saying, you have to pay this. They're just saying, I have something else I can teach you that just is new, but it's going to be an additional cost. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. know I was going to offer it. Well, I, I mean, in that, in that situation, you know, that you've given the students right. the option. Well, I'm yeah. just throwing it out there because like you said, common sense, not everyone has it. So someone might see that and go, Oh, they're asking for more. I'm right. done. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. I think the biggest point is you need to be if there's a negotiation, if there is the offer or the the suggestion, hey, we can do this if you want to, then you're on good ground. If it becomes you have to pay me more now, you have to Perfect. do this, yes. that's the red flag, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the Agreed. it's the choice, it's the discussion between yeah. the thing. Yeah. What I think is, as you know, as someone that was working effectively as a teacher or mentor, and we really, we've kind of already talked about this a couple of times, but in different wording, perhaps, um, I think that's another component of being a good teacher or mentor is you're in a position to empower choice in, in your mm -hmm. students, you yeah. know, like that's something that you should be doing is, is making sure they understand that they do have a choice as it would relate to the way that they're continuing to grow and learn, be that with you or with anybody else, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. So I think, I think that's important. Um, what's your take? So here's another, a little bit of a red flag. I just want to throw this one out because I think that this is what I've seen happen a lot. Um, and I think it, this one, I think, I was going to say this one infuriates me more than some of the others, but that's, that's really, that's not true because all, all of these, these issues, when they pop up, they're all horrible. They're all bad, but I've seen a number of situations where, um, someone who's put themselves in the position of being a teacher of whatever capacity, um, they've they've basically like they're they're promising something that would be impossible to deliver like i see that yeah. happen a, a lot where they're like you know like if you study with me i'm going to teach you how to do this and you know your life will be you know completely changed you know like blah 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 blah. you know and they're, and they're basically they're trying to sell like a concept of utopia or perfection which we know doesn't exist unfortunately um but I, i've noticed that happens a lot and it seems to me like there are a lot of people that are um like they're they're ready to sign on for that. It's like mm -hmm. they they want to believe the lie, yes. you know. So um so what's what's your what's your take on that? that like, have, you, have you seen anything like that? Absolutely, I see this more so on social media than I do I think in person so far. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's you know you 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 swipe up and you see this this post watching this video is going to enlighten you. You're going to transcend five dimension baloney. And it's just <laughs> word vomit of all these good things. Half of them don't even make sense together. Yeah. Um, but people, people want, people want to be special. I mean, <laughs> I think that's, that's, that, that's, they're trying to feed into this idea that a lot of people have come into witchcraft through, um, fantastical means whether it be tv or something like that i'm not gonna lie willow from buffy the vampire slayer was one of my first big like <laughs> oh yeah we love willow i want to yeah. do that <laughs> yeah we love dark willow <laughs> yeah um and i think for for seeing somebody claim that they can do this fantastical thing and they they're gonna make make sure that you can do that that's that's playing into that this escapism you see a lot in the community mm -hmm. um and you know especially if somebody is not very solid in their belief system or in their practice that's when they're more susceptible to it yep. yeah yeah so my comment on that and this is just for everyone is that if it sounds too good to be true it most likely isn't true most likely yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely so, so you you mentioned something, or, or you said something just just a moment ago there, there, Lauren, about, um, you know, people who are, um, you know, again, just I would say just relatively like inexperienced or very new to this. Um, what what would your guidance be? Because I I um, I, I we, well, not just me here here with the, you know, the teachers that work here, you know, in, you know, whatever it is they may, maybe, maybe teaching, you know, we, we always kind of try to instill in people. We always try to tell people that before you really, um, before, before you really invest too much time and energy in finding a teacher or a mentor, 
mentor, uh, particularly someone more within the capacity, I think, of a mentor, really, than a teacher, uh, because teachers are easy, right? You can go and take an hour-long class and never see that teacher again, but, you know, say, like, something like, the, the, you know, a more, more of, a, of a relationship that you might have with a mentor. Um, we, we always kind of tell people, like, you know, that it's, it's probably best for you to already have some sort of footing in your own path or, or at the very least have some sort of basic knowledge of, you know, what you'd like to learn, how you'd like to grow, the particular practice or tradition, you know, before you really then kind of give yourself over to someone else to kind of continue to shape, mm -hmm. um, you know, in essence. So, so what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, you don't want to involve yourself into a dedicated mentorship with somebody if you don't know what you want out of your practice. Now, your practice is going to change. It changes all the time. Oh, yeah. But if you are not interested in something, say, like, you know, a, a particular type of, like, ceremonial magic, say you want to practice folk magic, don't go to a mentor that specializes in ceremonial magic, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. is yeah. what they are an expert at. <laughs> Yeah. Go to somebody that is actually going to help you that along the path that you want. Um, and if that happens to change perfect, then then go back to that person or find another person. But what you're trying to get to um, in your own practice, right? Mm -hmm. If you're if you if you are going to dedicate, be prepared to like actually do the work. You don't want to extort your mentor, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to energetically drain yeah. them. Um, if you are not ready to, you know, muck out the stables, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and read the books, do the journaling, actually practice on your own. Um, you're not ready for mentorship, right? A, men mm -hmm. a good mentor, I've actually, I wrote down some some traits of a good mentor. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to hear those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And these are like straight off of Indeed, right? This is not even witchcraft, but you okay. it's still going to apply to it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Be prepared to get constructive feedback from a mentor. Um, if you do a spell, and you know, and they say, "Okay, well, did it work?" And you're like, "Well, I don't know." You need to find out, right? You need to be mm -hmm. able to take the criticism from your mentor mm -hmm. um they need to be you need to, you still need to be respectful towards them as well but they need to be respectful towards you oh yeah um they need to be skilled at actually teaching not a, we mentioned that earlier um they do have a responsibility for their mentee so if you're gonna go say hey here's a list of baneful herbs <laughs> that are also poisonous and then yeah. go have fun, but not give you any good like protocols for how to handle them or what to and not to ingest. Yep. That's that's not good. Yep. You need somebody who's gonna care about your safety when they're teaching you. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you really, and it, it's the other ones like be, you need to be a good listener, um, have a healthy interest in their mentees, not not a <laughs> creepy interest. In yeah. Yes. No, that's perfect. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But if you are seeking a mentor and you expect them to do all of the work for you, you're going to be vastly disappointed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. Um, I mean, I, I posted a, a, a video a while ago 
and I, it was like a really short one. I said, here's a, you want, you want a secret, secret research hack? Go type this into Google, right? Mm -hmm. There wasn't one particular page that I was trying to get people to, right? It was, here's a phrase that will get you to scholarly, a bunch of scholarly research, like articles and things like that. Um, for you to go read. And the comments were just, well, which one? Which one do I click? Which one is it? Which one is it? All of them. Read. Mm-hmm. Do do the work. Yeah. Right. Um, your hand to be held by your mentor to say, okay, this is what a candle spell is. This is how you light a candle. You're you're shooting, I think, too, too high of an expectation for mm-hmm. how much they are supposed to give to you. Yeah. Um, there's, we need to be mindful of people's learning abilities, yeah. like we talked about earlier. But if they're, if you're just, if you're just expecting them to do everything for you, mm-hmm. um, that's just not, that's not how it works. Yeah. Well, and that does happen. You know, I, I'll, I'll, you know throw out, you know, just like personal detail here. I mean, that does happen, you know, in the years that I've worked as a yeah. mentor, people like I I can honestly, I can vouch like I, I've, I've been burnt out by by mentees. I've been burnt mm-hmm. out by students, you know, um, and I and I have to accept my degree of responsibility there because one of the reasons that that happened is because I also had difficulty asserting a boundary. Um, but it does happen. And so you're absolutely right. It is good, I think, for um, anybody who is seeking knowledge from someone to also be mindful that, that the person that you're getting that information from is just that. They are also a person. You know, yeah. they, they have a life. They have other things going on, you know, and, and while they, yes, may be very interested in your growth and your, and your learning and all that, um, you know, yeah, like, you know, like you, you, you are not going to become their sole focus. You, you, you can't be. That's not realistic. Um, and yeah. I think it's also important too, I think with, with the rise of like social media and like YouTube videos and things like that being the, one of the main ways people consume information is to not treat those people, those practitioners that are making the YouTube videos or the podcast as your personal mentor, mm-hmm. um, or your personal teacher, mm-hmm. they don't owe you anything. Yeah. Um, while we may post content, we are not your, your official teacher or, or mentor. Mm -hmm, So treat, treat our content as a book, right? Treat it as, you know, information you're pulling off of a bookshelf, but there's a screen instead of a piece of paper. Um, When you, when we, when we build these like pseudo relationships, what, there's a word for that. I don't remember what it is. Parasocial. Yeah, parasocial relationships with these practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can get ahead of ourselves with thinking how much, how much of a connection there really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I care about the people who interact with me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm not going to exert all of this energy just to make sure this one person that's like, you know, what the the craft 1999. Mm-hmm. Some like random username, right? Yeah, is yeah. succeeding in their practice. Yeah, um, it's I'm gonna do what 
I have the energy for, for this social media or whatever. Well, and that hit back, that hits back on the exchange. Yeah. Um, or I'm working with them. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to bring up one thing or a thought about this is something that I do and I still do is as a seeker, you have to realize that this is just information that you have to try and test for yourself. So I don't care, you can go to five different people and they can tell you five different ways to do the same thing. Try them. The one that works for you is your truth. That's the one you pick. You say, this one worked for me. I've learned this. Move on to the next thing you want to learn. But don't just accept one person's teachings or thoughts or belief or how they do something mm -hmm. as scripture or this is the law. This is the only way you can do it because it might not work for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're going to approach your spirituality Absolutely. with that kind of or in that kind of way, you should probably just go back to church, right? Yeah, if yeah. you're just going to blindly yeah. listen to some someone's <laughs> teachings, say this is how it is. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I am the way to the truth and the light. You may there not do yes, the Yes, for 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 some people, yes, probably, but not for everybody. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Are there anything, or, or is there are, are there any points, or is there anything, uh, Lauren, that you wanted to make sure we really kind of address tonight on this topic that we haven't really touched upon yet? no pressure <laughs> let's talk about what makes a good student oh, we've talked okay. about like oh, good I... teachers how, okay. how can you be a good student or a good seeker um especially in witchcraft um so oh geez take notes <laughs> no there's the just the, the normal, the normal i love it take notes. how about don't take be afraid notes. to Listen. ask uh, more questions if you don't understand a topic or understand an idea that's being expressed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I will ask so many questions if somebody ever teaches me astrology. Um, <laughs> ugh, just so much. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to, um, we'll have to arrange a time for you to talk with Tabitha. <laughs> Tabitha, she's our astrologer here and she's, yeah. wow, she's, she's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I, th but I think that's a good, a good thing. And I know that that's a big, um, that, that can be a very big issue for a lot of people when they're looking for resources or a place to learn. It, it can be very difficult. It can be intimidating to, to ask those questions yeah. sometimes. You know, nobody wants to be yeah. perceived to be, you know, stupid, right? Or, or ignorant or, you know, and I, I think that a lot of people, you know, um, again, we talked earlier on about, you know, like, like taking a kind of a, a hit to your ego as a teacher, right? But that can also be true for students. Sure. You know, like, it's okay to ask the questions. And if you're, you know, if you're dealing with someone who is unwilling to give you anything at all, then again, that's another very sure sign that that's probably not a teacher you want to work with. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. how dangerous it is as a it's student. Also... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I was. It's also okay to pace yourself as a student. Like you yeah. don't. Oh yeah. So a series on a bunch of different things. It's okay to only take one of those. Yes. Um, perfect. It's okay to pace yourself oh, with what you're ready to do. If you if you find that um, you quite haven't gotten the hang of something, um, but you still want to keep going, don't feel pressured to take. A class on something totally separate um 
if you haven't cool. you know gotten through that one learning hump right just mm -hmm. yeah. it's okay to, you have a whole lot yeah. of time under your under your life to learn as much as you want <laughs> uh, you don't have to learn everything before the time you're 25 yeah uh, i'm still learning i will continue to keep learning um yeah. just because i might teach a little bit doesn't mean i'm never gonna take classes myself I'm oh yeah that, that's a perfect keep point learning. Student, though is you should never have that idea or thought that you know everything oh i've learned everything but is that that's that's but I, I think that's true for teachers though no too. true I think, absolutely I, because because i've i've met those teachers i've met those people like <laughs> like i'm the expert i've mastered this and i i know it all and i'm like yeah oh i no one can ever know it all yeah. that's that's not possible because there's always something more and yep. things change we have more knowledge around something 10 years from now than we do today you know and so yeah so i think that goes both that, that's true, that's true it's in true both, both of those situations absolutely. yeah but but absolutely lauren i agree with you like you know there there seems to be this idea and we hear it a lot with people that come into the shop here we hear um um you know a lot about like like i just i've got to learn everything you know and there there's this sense of urgency or almost like i think like a pressure that a lot of newer practitioners feel like like i have a I, you know i've only got so much time to be able to get it's like no no you you, you trust me you'll never learn everything you can't, mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. It's okay not to know something. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. And your students are gonna be a variety of. They're not just gonna be teenagers, right? I did mm -hmm. a I did a sigils class a while ago, and the students that were in that classroom, most of them were older than me, and I was initially surprised by that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was expecting more like high schoolers and college kids, but I had people from you know my age all the way up into their 60s and 70s and so that um, sounds amazing and me. one of the things it was great and i and i learned something as the teacher from mm -hmm. them right yeah. i learned a lot from them um and i i made it a point to see where everybody was at i said okay how many of you have actually worked with sigils before nobody raised their hand so i was like okay that's mm -hmm. good we have a good blank slate to work on um but you know they're each approaching this particular life experiences i had somebody say well you could you could then make we were talking about like imp implanting sigils into um social media posts and stuff like that yeah. like into pictures and that yeah like yeah. embedding it and um, and they oh you could do one for preventing cyberbullying and i stopped mm -hmm. dead in my tracks i'm like that is a brilliant idea i never felt freaking thought about that yeah yeah you know? that's awesome but you know yeah. life experiences to to it's okay you're if you're a teacher you're gonna learn something from your students if you yeah. haven't learned anything from your students you're doing it wrong yeah i love it well i love that example too because that mm -hmm. that is another way not only for you as the teacher in that situation to learn something but that also to me is a, another way that something as uh broad in scope or in knowledge, say something like sigils, how based on that one individual's personal experience, their, their personal, their life experience, they're gonna take that information and they're gonna have a very specific, a very personal way to apply it. You know, right. and because, you know, and, and unfortunately, who knows, like, maybe that person has been a victim of cyberbullying, right? So they're going to have that personal connection, right? And so, but I love that. And that, that I think is also an example of how in the pursuit of knowledge and in the pursuit of learning to do these things, 
all of us are never really going to be able to ever have the same connection to the information or, or use and apply it in the same way because we're all such different people. Yep. Absolutely. Anything else? What what do you have any anything to add to this, Chris? What what makes a good student? Or what what I guess in what ways could students or mentees behave that would guarantee that they were getting the most from their relationship with a teacher slash mentor? One thing is don't shop for answers that you want. Actually be open ah. to listen to yeah. given to you. And again, I go that, that test it out for yourself. But if you hear something you don't like, don't immediately dismiss it and start looking for someone else's answer. Because mm -hmm. that's yeah. a horrible way to learn. So, so, yeah, all the, the answers aren't always what you want to hear. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I hate shopping for answers. Look at you contributing. To the well, podcast. I do. People well shop done. for me for answers in my personal work, my muggle job. That's, that's true. Well, they shop for answers. And when I tell them the answer, no, no, that can't possibly be right. I'm going to ask five other people and then they come back to me. Um, you told me this and now I found out that you were right. What do I do now to fix it? And I'm like, okay, okay, here you go. Okay, but you're, <laughs> you're in danger now of contradicting yourself earlier because earlier we talked a lot about it's okay to reference multiple sources for information. Reference, but don't immediately go to someone and say, what's the answer? When you get an answer to immediately dismiss it, say, no, that can't be right. Test it. Okay. All right test it and see if it's right. If it is, then you can say, wow, thank you, you rock my world. If it's not right, say, you know what? I didn't think it was right for me and it wasn't. I'm gonna go somewhere else. You're rocking people's worlds. Well, yeah, it's magic. God, what kind of <laughs> answers are you giving people? Shit. Um, <laughs> how not to get cyber bullied. <laughs> how, to, yeah, how to use sigils for that. That's actually, I, right. I'm with Lauren. I think that that's an incredible way to use a sigil. Yeah. Well, it's not cyber bullying in the, yeah. the, the way she talked about it, but it's cyber bullying and the, the fact of bad actors trying to take information they're not supposed to get. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, all right. I did wanna to talk to you. One of yeah. the things I've noticed is looking for classes for magic and witchcraft, um, don't Google it. <laughs> don't Google witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I yeah. believe it's called it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we, um, we, we joke about I, that. I, yeah. we, we joke about that a little bit here because we have, um, a couple of people on our team of practitioners who are uh, Reiki masters who do Reiki and, and other types mm -hmm. of energetic healing work, you know, and um, they have people contact them a lot, uh, you know, asking for attunement, which is the, the process that uh, after you've learned, you know, you have to be attuned, right? So that you can right. now do this for other people or something. You know, I'm not, I'm not a Reiki practitioner. It's basically so, like um, an energetic key that you've turned on the Reiki. That's a good way to explain it. Okay. So the attunement is like, here you go. Here's your key. You can now use this energy for this level of attunement that you've been given. Okay. But they're contacting our Reiki masters here who are, of course, immediately turning around back around and saying, okay, well, where did you do your training? <laughs> yeah. You know, what what have you actually done to learn or to, to earn attunement? You know, and they're coming back with, well, I took a four-hour course on Udemy. You know, and oh. and our and our Reiki practitioners like, nope. I'm sorry, I can't attune you. I'm so <laughs> there's no way in hell I would ever attune you. Um, you know, so yes, so I agree with you, and I'm sorry. I know I interrupted you, but but what else? What else have you seen about about surgery for classes on Google? I'm curious. It's just so, I, oh, it's just abysmal. It's like 
I'll, I've seen like those random like witchcraft craft classes. I'm like, what? Ah, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now I will say there's a lot of like I think Cornell's one of the big ones they teach a lot of historical classes that have okay. to do with witchcraft and folk magic um, from good authors good good teachers so like those are cool but if you were actually looking for witchcraft classes the legitimate kind and you're looking online you're gonna want to look at actual metaphysical stores in your area yes like Cat and Cauldron um, <laughs> thank you yeah. or so the check is in the mail the check is in the mail or, um, our agreed upon payment yeah. will be coming soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um or instagram i've noticed is a big big place to see good like author like you'll see authors on their personal like instagrams will say hey i'm teaching this class or hey come yeah. over here um yeah. There's been a rise in conf conferences, conventions mm, mm -hmm. too. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I think those are always a good place for people to network and find more more people. Yeah, I um, like that. More places yeah. to take class. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just don't out of anything. Do not Google witchcraft classes. <laughs> don't don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. on Instagram. Go to your metaphysical store i think those people will be disappointed <laughs> true <laughs> the yeah, one I, time it, when you can't just google it yeah would you would you so, so i'm just very curious i want to just kind of get get your your response on this but um so um oh god my brain it's been a long day I, i'm trying to forget i just i just blinked on the point i was i was hoping maybe to make with this this asking you this um we, you know, we, we, we've, we've talked, you know, a few times now about, you know, like, like the reliability of internet information. Um, yes. <laughs> why, why is it that you feel, I, again, just your take on this, why is it that you feel maybe the teachers that are inclined to be more, ah, this is going to sound really elitist, but teachers <laughs> that are inclined to be more legitimate in their mm -hmm right to teach or mentor, I guess I'm not wording this very well. Basically, what's your, what's your take on people who really should be teaching and mentoring um, and their hesitancy, it seems to really be able to put themselves out there online? Because that's one of the other things I've noticed that has made it very difficult for a lot of people to track down reliable teachers and mentors. It's like, we all seem to kind of hide. <laughs> I've noticed this. Yeah. Where it's like, so, so what, why do you feel that? I'm just curious, why do you feel that is? Like, are we all just, we're all just introverts, right? We're all just super shy. I'm just a book nerd. I don't want to talk to people. Why would I be talking right now? No. Yeah. Um, so I teach, not necessarily qualified witches, but qualified teachers mm -hmm. um, for don't have the space or the 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 savviness as far as like marketing towards that group mm -hmm. of people to gotcha. teach very easily i mean it wasn't until this past october this most recent october that we actually had a metaphysical store in my my town oh, that has provided okay. us an opportunity to teach and to have a good community center that's cool so before that it was just abysmal. yeah i'm so excited about yeah. it um but I mean, little corners of college classrooms at like 
nine at night have been where people were learning their witchcraft <laughs> in my town. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's easy to, it's easier, I think, once you have that community network to get into teaching. Um, now, now that we have all these different integrated platforms like Patreon, like YouTube, like all of these different locations, it's easier now to offer classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's a weird market, right? It's a very yeah. weird market. Just look at how many, how much people charge for tarot readings, how varying it is. How do you decide what to charge for a class? Um, especially if it's a, if it's online, um, yeah. it's just very challenging. I think there's no good baseline for saying, okay, I'm teaching a class on uh, candle magic for two hours. I need to charge this much money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would also like to try to answer your question because I have my own thought on that. And okay. Maybe I'm off base, but Probably. I think on some level, those good, worthy teachers that have really good information to share, I think that they don't put themselves out there as readily because they want to see the people who do the work to find them, do the research, Mm -hmm. check Mm -hmm. things out and come with a questioning, um, what's the word, perspective. Like, I wanna learn this. I've heard that you're someone that might be able to teach me this instead of I'm here. They wanna see who comes to them because they're more likely to want to learn and be someone you can teach. Oh, all right. Okay. That's, that's my kind thought. Of, that's kind of a fun idea. We should start that here. <laughs> someone comes into the shop and be like, I will teach you, but first you must answer me these questions these three. Questions three. <laughs> um, gotcha, okay. <laughs> and complete this quest. I send you upon a knight's errand. Uh, okay, gotcha. All right, okay. It's just a thought. Okay, no, 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 that's 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 fair. That's fair. I, 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 I could see that. Particularly when you think about some of the information that witches would be teaching. Like, I'll, I'll be the mm-hmm. first to say, like, a lot of the practices, a lot of the things that we uh, teach on, I, I think really, like, this This is an information that maybe just anybody should have. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, okay. Well, and especially with varying... Uh, we've had to have very well thought out plans of when to teach certain subjects mm-hmm. um yeah. being and there's a, a, a new thing for my town right it's new that we're actually actively having classes and community yeah. are we going to jump right in and just te- start baneful magic to anybody probably not yeah. um not necessarily the greatest yeah. idea no I let's cannot. stick with okay teach candle magic let's teach sigils let's teach a 101 class um let's do stuff that's at an introductory level that's not going to get us run out of town first yeah well and and on that topic if you are going to teach something about baneful magic maybe just teach them how to identify when baneful magic might be in place Mm -hmm. or being used against someone so that they can say aha now what do i do to fix it okay well yeah i mean yeah yeah yeah, you're yeah you're diverging a bit there yes but yes yes I thought it was relevant. <laughs> I want to, no, you're, no, you're good. You're good. No, but no, but I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm saying like, yes, I can see why you would be like, no, sometimes maybe it's good for the student to find the teacher. Yeah. Actually, I would say more often than not, it's better yeah. for the student to find the teacher. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So was there anything else that you wanted to, to kind of relate to our listeners on this episode on this particular topic, Lauren? I think we've, we've talked about quite a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't feel like you have to do it all alone. You don't have to just rely on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, be willing to network. Be willing to talk to people. Yep. As long as you have the means and the ability to be safe about it, of course. You don't want to, you know, get kicked out of your house because you talk to a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, don't For feel like so just be. I think. <laughs> yeah. Just because you are, you might be a solitary practitioner doesn't mean you have to be completely alone. True. That's very true. Yeah. That I think is a little myth that people kind of fall into. Yeah. Solitary doesn't mean you go at it. It just means you might only do magic on your own. You can still talk to people. You can still learn from people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sooner or later, we all, we all have an experience where we realize just exactly how much maybe we need other people. Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. I there's, there's always a moment there, you know, outside, even even outside the the, the realm of spirituality and witchcraft, you know, uh, folk practice, whatever, right. you know, whatever tradition, whatever practice. Um, you know, I think all of us have had that moment where, you know, regardless of our, our level of independence, our level of pride, our level of knowledge, we all have an experience at some point that, that really makes it very clear, like, we yeah. need people. Yep. Um, right. And yeah. you might not be in a coven proper, but... celebrate with or do something small with you mm. don't have to be in a formal coven to do magic with other people yep um and just yeah mm-hmm. yeah cool all right uh, okay okay so let's let's switch gears real quick okay because we we've been doing kind of a new segment on our on our most recent podcast episodes for a while we were doing the what are we loving and what are we hating and i <laughs> i got to a point where i was like okay this is just kind of just becoming just a bitch sesh and, you know, and, you know, which I'm always okay. I'm always okay with, like, I've, I've got no problem with that, but I'm also like, okay, that kind of also runs counter to the purpose of the podcast, which is to share, you know, information and help people. So, um, so what we've been doing the last few weeks is we've been picking a, a particular, like, socioeconomic, civil human rights, ecological issue, something that's been going on in the world that is just not a good thing. And, you know, and we've been talking about ways to support our mundane efforts those situations uh magically spiritually so um so uh, lauren chris either of you uh, can, can can you think of anything that like that is going on in our world right now like like that is where you're like this would be a really cool thing for us to send some magic at i have lots of ideas well hold on i think, I think lauren well i think lauren looks like oh. she's got one yeah i have so many ideas picking one is hard yeah. um i've noticed in my area in particular uh People are getting a little bit too relaxed with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cases are at an all-time high in my area. Ah, okay. And people just, you know, going and doing whatever they think is okay without a mask, without vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think some kind of, it could be a sigil, it could be whatever, um, some time of type of protection for people who are still doing their nine to five jobs that are, you know, in, you know, whether it be retail or a coffee shop or wherever, and you have those those jerks that are coming in and being like, oh yeah, I'm COVID positive. Just out here without my mask, trying to get my coffee. Um, Some kind of something for them, right? Those people that are trying to stay safe and working their normal job while people are still being a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, 
I like it. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I, I think that's a really good idea. And I, I could see a few ways, like just for example, because like, I think that we, we even have talked about this in the shop um, and it's, it's probably got to be close to a year ago now when um, the, the real fear around coronavirus really kind of blew up in our area, you know, I, and it is still around. Yeah. We are still dealing with it. You know, we're, we're now dealing with the new variant that's moving through the country, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and we talked about or gave the example of, you know, like if you're still wearing a mask, how, how easy it would be to, you know, say like put a, a small sigil on your face mask, right? Or um, say yeah. like, if you, you know, if you're wearing the masks where you have like the N95 filters, like the inserts, how you can take something and you can draw a sigil on the, the, the filter that you're gonna put into your mask, you know, um, something yeah. to protect you, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, and how effective that can be because you're, you're wearing your mask, which obviously, you know, you're taking mundane effort right, to make sure that you are staying safe mm -hmm. and healthy, along other other things, I would hope, other measures, um, you know, but you've got that intent, you've got that spirit and that energy in there as well. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a great one. Um, you can also do boundary magic for the shops and places like that. Yeah. So how would you, so, okay, so give me a, give me an example. How so just you like that? you ward your house to let, to keep negative energies from coming in. Okay. You ward your, your business to say COVID stays out. People that are, people that are not being safe or not being practical or treating this seriously don't want to come in okay okay, but, okay so now i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the mm -hmm. spot yeah, okay. okay so give me a for instance like how would you actually i'm talking like like the logistics how would you create that ward i would probably do it just like i would do the wards in our house when i'm protecting against any harmful intent or negative energy that wants to pass is not allowed to pass okay coronavirus positive coronavirus mm -hmm. or um the inability for people to care about others during the coronavirus, those people can pass. They, okay. they can't. Okay, okay. No, I'm sorry. Okay. So I guess I wasn't clear enough. What kind of mechanism would you use for this? Like, are we talking like, I'm like, are you using a can? Are you using fire? Are you using sound? Like, what, what are you? Probably use sound and um, incense or smoke. Okay. All right. And okay. then actually create a barrier, especially on the doors and windows. Okay. All right. Sound would, I think, would be easier for like business kinds of situations. Probably. Right? You could probably spell your bell if you have a bell by your the door. doorbell. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, what about you, Lauren? Can you think of, a, of like a, of a practical way that somebody could maybe do this, do something like this to help keep safe? I like hiding things on the ledges of Ooh, door yeah. frames. Okay. Uh, so there or on the handle, whether it be a bell or some kind of charm that you've made. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also thinking of like different, like whether it be a floor wash, window wash, anything like that, something that you Okay, yeah. Washes would be a good idea. That would be a, yeah. Um, you can also do, we used to do this in one of the retail stores I used to work at when people would come in smelling like um, just so much weed it's yeah just, they would stick in the entire store we would just follow them we had we, we had would one of follow those today, them actually, with yeah. a perfume okay <laughs> We'd yeah follow them with the perfume make a magical cleansing oh, spray wow. or something and then go there you go go away <laughs> yeah okay yeah well and that that would be kind of cool too because again i could see like a very practical way you know you, there are a lot of a lot of the herbs that we uh would use for aromatherapy or um you know for something like that many of them do also have antimicrobial properties right um yeah. and i do want to be really i want to be really mm -hmm. clear to our listeners in no way am i trying to say that 
antimicrobial herbs are going to protect you from the coronavirus. I am not saying that. <laughs> uh, if you think that, then you need to smack your doTERRA rep and get a life. Um, but uh, anyway, but um, but but that is something that you could you could use in addition to right. I mean, you absolutely. Know, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay, very cool. All right. I like that too, because, and that, that's a good one because yeah, there, I've noticed the same thing here in our area. There are a lot of people that are getting uh, particularly lax yeah, with, with, you know, safety measures around the virus. And I, I know, I know we're all just, we're all just ready for it just to be done and for it to go mm -hmm. away, but it isn't. And so we do, we do still need to be careful. Yeah. Awesome. So. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, all right. Unless anybody has anything else they want to well, since we are on this topic, oh. if you haven't gotten your coronavirus inoculation or whatever you want to call it, go get one. If you've got the first two rounds, go get your booster. Ooh, I wonder if you could do like, have like a little chant or something going on when you're getting boosted. Oh, there you go. That so would be that's, fun. That's a good idea I too. Like a very practical way. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I like it. Very cool. Yeah. See, these are all just amazing ways. And, and I would say also fairly uh, simple. Yeah. Accessible ways. Like, like none of these are things I think that would require a special kind of pool of knowledge or a lot of expense or experience. These are all uh, simple ways to be able to add magic to your other efforts around mm -hmm. this, right? So yeah, so very cool. You know, keep it practical, right? Keep it easy because that stuff usually works the best anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, nice. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I did. Want to, I did want to say this has actually been really fun meeting you and being so able to interact with you. you. This is the first time I got to meet with you or and talk with you. This yeah. has been really nice. I've enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. We've had you. I think this is the third time we've had you on the the podcast, and I think the other times it's always been Austin, Ariana, and I. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so this is kind of cool for you to meet. Yeah. Meet one of the other members of our crew. I've enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, we we always like visiting with Lauren. Lauren's Lauren's brilliant, and yeah, she always she always brings some good stuff to the to the episode. So, well, all right. Well, on that note, I, again, I as as Chris was just saying, I it's it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for giving us your time, and um, yeah, and you're doing some really cool stuff. We'd love to see you. We love to watch you. Where we can we can see on social media. Well, and I'm and, excited. Uh, you have a place to teach at now. That's yes. Really yeah, news. that is very cool. Can you? Uh, do you mind? Do you mind real quick? Like, I mean, if, if you're comfortable with it, can you like, what's what's the name of the new, new shop? Sure. So the shop is called Cauldron and Thorn. It's in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, super lovely. It's really nice. Uh, they've a lot of events, a lot of good opportunities for people to finally, you know, have a community center. Yeah. Really. Okay, so um, is that Thorn with it just T-H-O-R-N or is there an E on that? There is an E on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Thorn with an E. Okay. So Cauldron and Thorn in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. Cool. All right. Hey, listeners. Yeah. We know you guys are all over the place. So if any of you are in that area, check it out. Go check out Cauldron and Thorn. And you might be lucky enough to run into Lauren while you're there. <laughs> or get a class. So, yeah. Or exactly. I'll probably be on the couch. <laughs> there you go. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, that's all right. That's, that's not a bad place to be. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Lauren, you have a good night. Okay. And I'm sure we will be talking to you again very soon. You too. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so okay. much. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Stay safe.